0: Hey everybody, it is Dave and Jeff. It is September 2nd, 2020.
1: All right, Dave, I I got a fun game for you tonight to get things going. And it's, I'm going to give you random names. And I want you to tell me what this person's most redeeming quality is. Okay? We're going to start off with a couple of local radio guys. Uh, Mike Costa, what's Mike's most redeeming quality?
0: You know, Mike is a hard guy to figure out because one minute you think he, he's something else and then he turns into a completely different person who goes 180 on you. Um, Mike's the one guy I think you would agree. I'll
1: say loyalty. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I was going to say Mike's the one guy that we would love to have in here because the history between the three of us yeah. is unmatched and he'll never be in here <laughs> because he's terrified that we would say something that would get him fired.
0: That bothers me that he's he's that concerned.
1: That guy, do you realize that guy has been in that building nonstop since, like, before we were there in 07?
0: Yeah, well, look how successful they've been. No wonder. I mean, technically, he's brought down two of the stations in that building.
1: uh, Probably four.
0: (laughs) I'm pretty sure. Because I liked Mike when he was on um, 105.3 with with this show.
1: Yeah, he was just too old. (laughs) <laughs> he
0: was just born old uh, no, right. I, okay well okay go ahead finish what you're saying and I have a little bit of a complaint about Mike
1: well let me hear your complaint okay I was gonna move on
0: here we go because I know your Woods is gonna come up in this thing
1: he was gonna be next okay
0: you and I and Woods and Costa are part of the greatest group chain of all time
1: it's unbelievable
0: okay now I don't know if they do this to you but sometimes there's something that is written in there most of the time it's completely crossing the line okay <laughs> like today Oh, er, yeah, like every day. But it makes me laugh because we all right. know it, it, and at heart all four of us aren't vicious. We just play vicious in this in this text message. These motherfuckers, and you have never done this to me, and I've never done it to you. Right. I've never written something or you've written something, then I privately I write you back in a separate text where only you can see it. Hey, you know, so-and-so. And I'm going, These both these motherfuckers both do that. Woods does it and Costa. And I'm like, do they think, it, through our friendship, that at any point we'd ever screenshot something and get them fired?
1: Oh, so they apologize?
0: Oh, they protect themselves. And it drives me a little nuts because I'm like, you don't trust us as friends for you not to sit there and just leave it and go, hey, that's not... I know that's not how it fucking is.
1: Yeah. Do you have an example?
0: Yes. Mike is an anti-Semite. All right? <laughs> Now look, none of these guys are anti-Semites or no. racist or, or sexist or anything. They're all no. good guys. If they weren't good guys, they wouldn't be our friends. I'm straight out. Right. But then when they privately text me, it kind of pisses me off because I feel like they're, they're sitting there protecting themselves, thinking that one day we'd use it against them. Or they don't trust. Woods doesn't either trust Costa or Costa to trust Woods. Oh. One of the two could be that.
1: I think, okay, let's go through this group. So we're on a group text. And it's usually through direct message, right? Because I yes. always fuck up Mike's number. Like, I only yeah. have your mobile number, yeah. Steve's mobile number, but I've got, Mike still has a landline, and I've had that in my phone forever. Let's go through it. There's four of us. Let's go through it and rank who would be the first guy to crack and out one of us for something. You and I have nothing to lose. Yes, yeah, We don't. Um, who's going to be the first guy to crack in that? Group? Costa. It is. Yes. Right? Yeah, and then Steve, as much
0: as I just said he's loyal, it would be Costa. And then Steve. Steve would it would be next because Steve is big on the bro card. You don't so you don't you, you don't do your bros wrong.
1: Yeah, I'm not worried about yeah. you. I don't think you're no. worried about me. And
0: Woods, that's what I'm saying. Woods wouldn't screenshot anybody, and I don't think Costa would screenshot anybody.
1: No, it's just the only thing with Steve is, you know, last night we're going back and forth, and there's different things going on. Yeah. And you and I recently, I would say within, I mean, we've always known Paul. We've always cheered for Paul. Yes. And he's great. And I couldn't have been more excited when you and I were invited and given the opportunity to spend $100 each on a a wedding gift for Paul and Megan. Yeah. uh,
0: On a wedding we didn't attend in person.
1: I watched it, though. Did you dance at the wedding? uh, No, I just danced in public, and then they got (laughs) mad at me. Did
2: you have any
1: cake? No. Okay. But when Megan reaches out last night and says, "Why is Steve sending me smut?" <laughs> that makes me think about it. She's been nothing but fantastic. Yes, I find her incredibly funny. I told you last night off the air. I go, she is incredibly funny, and I love Paul. But boy, your your heart aches a little bit when she has to reach out and say, "Why is Steve sending me smut?"
0: Yeah, <laughs> I tell you what. Today, tonight, two hours ago, I was in the dentist chair and. She has two hands in my mouth, and then the other Who lady's does? like the dentist, and the other lady's like trying to hold my tongue to the side so they don't cut me. And did I start laughing? I mean, I, about I, that I, I did. The, the word "smut." Yeah,
1: what me, year is that?
0: That made, seventy-two. It made me start laughing that she used the word "smut." My grandmother would have used the word "smut."
1: Yeah, Morton Downey. <laughs> but I literally started laughing at that tweet. Well, here's the thing. What I was getting at is. I don't really think any of us have any redeeming qualities. No. And I bring it up because how many people today, while working at home, had the opportunity to fucking watch David Blaine? Did you watch this, Maniac, today?
0: Was that thing with the balloons real? Is that what you're about to say?
1: That is the wildest thing.
0: I did not see it, but I saw a picture on Twitter, and I thought it was fake.
1: Dave, I'm telling you, this guy where you go, if you're running with that guy, you're like, dude, life's this is wild, right? Like, Steve's not doing that. Mike's not doing that. There's no way I'm doing that. You're not doing that. So this thing's on YouTube today. And they start off, and he does silly magic, right? He makes a rabbit appear. Whoever knows whatever the shit is he's doing. And then they take this dude, and they bring him out into an airfield in the middle of the desert in Arizona, all right? (laughs) They have about 60 of these weather balloons yeah. tied to his wrist. Now, Dave, I'm not lying to you. For 20 minutes while they're getting this guy positioned, his arm is straight up in the air holding these balloons. And he's walking and he's attached to him. And I'm watching that and I go, every guy in our group is like, dude, my arm's tired. Exactly. Not him. Now, they take him over. His daughter's there. He gives her a kiss. And they're like, well, okay, I think we're good. And he starts, he's going up in the air. How is it going? So he gets up. Now they're like, Shh, all right, Dave, you're about uh, 3,500 over. <laughs> and uh, you're watching this dude. And I'm like, what in the hell am I watching? Yeah. Now he gets up and they're like, around his waist, he's got like the Batman utility belt. And they go, uh, why don't you drop one of those weights? Okay, over. And, uh, all right, hang on. He says, I'm going to reach over here to the left. Arms still attached to the balloons. He's 3,500 feet in the air. And he just starts goofing around and brings off this big brick. Looks like he's got a stack of $10,000. And he goes, hey, am I okay? And they're like, yeah. He just throws it down. He just keeps going up in the air. This guy gets to, like, 10,000 feet. Yeah. And he's throwing bricks off. He's silly. And uh, they go, uh, hey, Dave, why don't you think about uh, bringing that parachute down, putting it on, okay, buddy? Over. And he goes, yeah, okay. And he starts dragging this rope. He doesn't even have the parachute on. He's 10,000 feet. I just talked to our buddy Aaron Creasy. Yeah. We're talking about being in Denver at 6,000 feet. You're ready to pass out if you don't have a thing. (laughs) This guy's 10,000 feet in the air. He's attached to balloons. He goes, "Uh, yeah, I'm going to bring this thing down. Oh, he goes, it's a little tight. He starts yanking this thing. And the balloons are just, woo. he's just going up in the air. And now this psycho starts putting a parachute on while attached to the balloons. And they're like, hey, why don't you take the jacket off? All right. Hey, Dave, well, let's get rid of that jacket, bud. It's getting a little cold up there. Ed, what the hell? <laughs> Dave, this son of a bitch. the son of a bitch, yeah. Goes up to 25,000 feet. Wow. 25,000 feet. Releases himself. Free falls and then parachute at 7,000. And then uh, he lands. He nails the landing. Like Mitch Gaylord in American <laughs> Anthem. <laughs> Helicopter picks him up. He's just drinking a bottle of water. He just cruises over and sees his friends. I go, that son of a bitch. Yeah. I go, those are, that's nuts of steal. Oh, yeah. And I go, nobody in our group does anything no what? in our group, right? Nobody. And I, I just, if you, it was on YouTube. Yeah. I'm telling you, it was absolutely wild to watch.
0: At what age do you think David Blaine realized he could start doing some crazy stuff?
1: Well, it's funny you say that because I read this I get the Sunday New York Post, and I always like it. And they had a two-page thing from him talking about that when he was a kid growing up, his feet turned inward. Yeah. And he could not play sports. So all his buddies were playing football and soccer, and he couldn't do anything. And so at a young kid, he started teaching his body ways to endure pain. So he would do barefoot in the snow. He would do all these crazy things. And they recapped all the... Remember when he was frozen on ice? Yeah. And then he was underwater. He was buried alive for a week in New York. That was the first one. I'm so goddamn claustrophobic just reading about that. I think I started to hyperventilate. (laughs) He was buried... I remember Regis going out there. Do you remember that? Regis went out and saw him. He was buried in like a glass coffin for seven days. Then... He went on ice, and that fucked him up. He talked about liver and kidney problems. Then he was in this big... It looked like a pool, like a beta tank full of uh, salt water. He did that for seven days. And uh, the guy... This article I just read like an hour ago. Underwater, he can hold his breath for three and a half minutes. And he'd done different things and passed out and different things um, have impacted him. But I just... Like, if you have your kids, like, it's completely, it's just pretty amazing to see what the human body and, and mind can do if you pointed it to it.
0: All right. So, here's the deal, man. If you're David Blaine, would you have been more successful, okay, mm-hmm. doing what he does now or doing what he does now and telling everybody you're the second coming of Jesus? Uh, because people can't do what he does.
1: No. I love when he gets on are you a Jimmy Fallon fan?
0: I'm, I'm a Jimmy Fallon fan and a Jimmy Kimmel fan. But I'm saying if he did the, what I'm saying is all these guys, these these fake ministers that just take your yeah. money, these Walmart oh, yeah. ministers, did go ahead. Do what he does. Yeah. You can't do what he does? You're the phony.
1: You're you're a joke. Yeah. I like when he goes on Fallon because he's so far in Fallon's head, he just stares at him and Fallon yeah. in the roots freak out. <laughs> dude, and, I love it too. And he keeps doing this move where he's like, he, he does card tricks. Yeah. And then he said, oh, I had a friend help out. And he hiccups and a frog comes out of nowhere. Starts burping up frogs and shit. Uh, I don't know, man. but I- You've
0: seen the basketball with the ring? Yep. All that shit. I mean, it's so good. He's done it with the Knicks, with the Lakers. Everybody's seen it. It's insane.
1: My, uh, my kids and I watch America's Got Talent. And we haven't watched it much this year. But they had a dude last year, Shin Lim, who just was out of control. And there was a guy who had been the long snapper for the Eagles. Yeah, I remember that. That guy was great. But Blaine does different things. But, again, it was on YouTube today. And while we're all working at home, like you're not not on Zoom calls or anything, you could just have it on in the back. Yeah. And you're like, what in the hell am I? 25,000 feet, but... Dave, I would I would tell you to go watch it.
0: I'm going to watch it. Since we're done with this, I'm watching.
1: Just because watch him at different times when he's adjusting the belt and yeah. the weights and he's putting the parachute on. You're like, what the hell are we watching? But uh, <laughs> pretty cool.
0: No, no, I'm, I'm definitely watching. Yeah, I, that was fun. No, I'm, in, I'm into it. He, he, to me, he kind of looks a little bit like David Price. Not as tall, but he kind of looks like David Price to me. Am I wrong on that?
1: Um. I could see that. He kind of reminds me of somebody else. I don't know who it is. I'll have to think about it. But, I mean, just incredibly yeah. talented.
0: Oh, I agree. He's That look, as you just said, makes me laugh. It's funny. I was listening to Stern today, and it was an old yeah. one. It was about Eric the actor. It was tribute oh. that has been five years. And if you listen to Stern, the whole thing was always about trying to get Eric the actor to carry those balloons. Yes. And that's so when right. you said that, I thought that's where you're going. And dude, I, I laughed out loud. I was never a huge Eric the actor fan when he was yeah. on the show. He kind of drove me a little fucking nuts. I thought Howard took too much of his shit. But yeah. he, you loved him. Other people yeah, loved I did. him. Jake loved him. And he asks him, he goes, What's the he goes, what Eric, what's the deal with your foot? And he goes, What do you mean?
2: Yeah.
0: And he goes, "I'm I'm double jointed. He goes, That's not double jointed, that's like four joints. He goes, That thing's facing the wrong way. And finally he just snaps at Howard and he goes
1: He goes... It's the clip they play all the time. Yeah. He
0: says something like, I'm cross-footed. Club-footed. First he said cross-footed, then he said club-footed. He goes, I'm I'm cross-footed, asswipe. Just snaps at him. And dude, i do doing what Jeff's doing right now. I fucking laughed. Like, it was one of those where people said they almost drove off the road. I thought I was driving off the road. I fucking started laughing my head off. But that was the whole thing. Let's get Eric in the balloons. Remember, he was afraid to oh grab God. the balloons because he said they're going to open a window
1: and he'd fly out in Manhattan. Dude, watch this guy today, Dave, and then think if Eric would have said yes. Oh, no way. There's absolutely. That guy would have ended up on Mars. <laughs> He would have have ended up just flying directly into the sun, 100%. He would have seen a little fella burn up. Um, Do you ever see somebody on TV and you go, not that I know that guy, but do you ever go like, I met that guy? Oh,
0: all the time. You and I do it all the time. I mean, obviously watching sports. Yeah. Like, okay, here's what's weird. It's funny. You and I have never had this conversation. I don't know about you. Okay. But you mentioned Mike and Steve, and anyone kind of does a little bit what we do. Yeah. Growing up, I was a big TV guy. I mean, TV was like probably the right. best thing in my house. My parents didn't want to talk to me. And I've watched a shitload of TV, a bunch okay. of different shows and sporting events. But I didn't know anybody on TV. Now, when you and I watch TV, we know people all the time. All the time. You, know, you understand how rare that is and weird that is to go... I've met that guy. We have two games yeah. on right now. Uh, we know that guy. We know that guy. We know managers. We know GMs. We know it's, it's yeah. really strange that how many people
1: we actually know. But, so, do you ever see America Ninja Warrior with, uh, uh, is it Kabir? Baja yeah. B. doing it? No, or is it's it
0: Akbar. That, it's Akbar.
1: Akbar does it. Okay. But have you ever seen that show? Yeah,
0: my nephew's been on it a few times.
1: All right. The guy who hosted with Akbar... Is Matt Iceman. Yeah, really funny guy, talented guy, and so my kids like it, right? Because it's just kind of a fun show. Rock does Titan Games and all these shows. Yeah, and I'm I'm watching this the other night, and I go, "Dude, I know that not know him like I know you or Steve or Mike." But you've met that guy. You know. Him. I've been and I but like a couple of times, and I was. So I called our friend Aaron Creasy tonight. I go, hey, where where do I know that guy from? And when we were part of the Dan Henderson traveling party, uh, Matt came to two of the fights. And so one of the things that's pretty wild. Somebody, my buddy Boom, was asking me this: if um if you've ever been around that, what like it is completely the hidden secret. Of combat sports that nobody really talks about, people don't pay attention to, and it's really wild in MMA. It's the dramatic weight cuts that guys go through to make weight. Yeah, and the UFC has changed it, and you don't see it as much. We're now on fight day. Guys weigh in at eight o'clock in the morning on Friday, and then uh, and then fight day is Saturday. But what happens often for the 48 hours leading into the fight is sometimes these guys have to lose 12 pounds or more and they just dehydrate their bodies. So they're in these uh, suits that are made out of rubber. They're in a sauna. They're getting rid of every ounce of water weight they can get. So they drop from 167 to 155. And it's freaking crazy to watch because if you've ever been dehydrated, you know you get this Insane terrible. headache. Yeah. And so we used to just go because we would be there as part of the traveling party. And they televise them, right? It's a big TV event. All right, now coming out, here's Johnny Bananas. And the guy comes out. He looks like he's out of a coma. <laughs> puts his hands up in the air. And then they pump him full of uh, electrolytes. <laughs> and uh, what's the shit they give kids? Um, Pedialyte. Right. These guys drink that like two yeah. gallons straight. But then what happens is after you've done weigh-ins on Friday, all around town there's team dinners. And everybody goes out. And Dan used to do it really nice. And so we're in Chicago and in San Jose. We're in Chicago where Dan's getting ready to fight Fedor. And anybody who's been there knows Chicago's known for their steakhouses And one of the uh, great places to go is Rosebud, downtown. So we go, and there's got to be 25 of us in this party. And top floors all out. And it's really great because uh, you sit down. They have a prepared menu, but you're getting a big steak and beers and all. You haven't done shit. You got on a plane. I know why we're celebrating, right? (laughs) And – and then Dan makes his way around and comes to every table. Dave, thank you so much, man. Such a pleasure to have you here. Such a vital part of the team, and uh, it's great to see him. So I did this two different nights. Oh, I mean, I was at a handful of Dan's fights, but Chicago for his fight with Fedor, San Jose for the insane fight with Shogun, and fucking Matt Iceman is right across the table from me, and like we just at that time, I guess he was doing comedy. Yeah. And they had like those pop-up video shows that would be on like VH1 or E where they would talk about crazy things that happened in pop culture. And a bunch of different people would kind of add their little one-liners. Yeah. But I hadn't thought about that, dude. Because that's the Shogun fights 2011 and the Fedor fights probably right around that same time. And... Like, all of a sudden, I'm looking, I'm like, where the hell do I know that guy from? I'm like, holy shit. I was at dinner with him. But super nice guy. Incredibly cool. But I don't know. I was just wondering if you'd ever had those situations. Well,
0: for us, again, watching, we're watching the pods right now. It it is so strange that, I mean, growing up, you weren't friends with a broadcaster. No. I mean, if we text Orsillo, he's not going to write us back. You text Grant. He writes you the whole game. Like, he'll, he'll live text you the whole game. But it's, uh, we, you know, you don't want to bother the guy. But no. at the same time, it's, it's, it is it's strange. I mean, we, we do have a unique opportunity. I mean, a lot of these players that we know, whether it's it's football, basketball, or baseball, or for you even in hockey, that you go, I know, I know that guy. I yeah, mean, it's, it's really, fun. It, was, it wasn't like that as a kid. Imagine if you were an eight-year-old kid watching the NHL playoffs, and you're like, I know almost every guy on the ice.
1: Yeah, and it's so much different with baseball and football than it is in combat sports. Because in combat sports, man, one of my favorite guys was Filthy Tom Lawler, And just as good a dude as it gets, there's an insane clip of Tom when he was on ultimate fighter. Yeah. And this one guy's just begging him in the house, hit me in the face. And Tom's (laughs) like, I don't want to do it. He's like, hit me in the face. You're not going to get in trouble. I promise. And Tom goes, okay. And hits him and knocks the guy cold. Holy shit. Yeah. Just knocks the guy ice cold. Right. Tom's like, shit. (laughs) And everybody's like, you're not getting in trouble. But, um, but wait, that- wait,
0: why did he want to get hit in the face? Because he thought it would fire him up, make him tougher? Yeah. The oh. guy probably
1: had like nine fireball shots, right? Oh, my right? God. And Tom just ices the guy, and you're like, oh, God. But then Tom, one of my friends, 10 feet in front of me in the octagon, he just gets choked out by Chris Weidman, unconscious. You're like, ah, that's a little weird. I wasn't quite ready for that to happen. He's all twitching. But uh, the <laughs> funniest twitching. Um, I've told that Kevin Towers, when Towers uh, made the trade, traded uh, Alan Embry, I don't think I've ever told this story on the air. My favorite Dana White, Dan Henderson story. It happens on that trip uh, to San Jose. Aaron's going to hear this tomorrow and be like, what the fuck are you doing? But who cares? The statute of limitations has expired. Yeah. So Dan has a friend named uh, Bobby... I think it's Piner, Penny, Bobby. He's a Nashville singer and uh, wrote a bunch of songs with um, Toby Keith. Okay. So we get to San Jose, and it's like the night before the fight, and Bobby has written a walk-in song for Dan, Hendo. And it's like, Hendo! And, uh, it's
0: like the theme to Bonanza, but yeah. it's Ando.
1: Yeah. Well, Dan fucking loves it, right? Okay. Dan loves
0: it. Are you thinking this is horseshit?
1: Uh, well, I love Bobby and I love Dan, but it was horseshit. <laughs> so, uh, but this is what's crazy. Dana White is so involved in every aspect of that. And Aaron was uh, Dan's manager at that time. So we're in this hotel, the Fairmont Hotel in San Jose. We're up on like the 18th floor. And Dana's losing his mind because he's got enough shit to do. And he hears this walk-in song, and he goes, this is bullshit. And he calls, and he's like, Dan, you got to play another fucking song. We're not not doing this song. And Dan's like, hey, that song means a lot to me. It was written for me. It means a lot. And Dana goes, I don't give a shit. Go home (laughs) and fuck your girlfriend to that song. We're not playing it in a goddamn UFC. (laughs) So they settled. <laughs> and we just thought it was the funniest shit ever. And and finally Dan laughed. And uh, they settled on a great song, which is uh, Toby Keith, Made in America. Okay. And he's fighting Shogun from Brazil. And yeah. Dave, this is the wild thing, man. This is a guy that you're with every day. He's just your dopey friend. There's 19,000 people in the sold-out HP Pavilion, and they start playing that song, "My Old Man," and uh, fucking place goes wild. And Aaron's like, "It would have been louder if we played the end of (laughs) the song." Oh fuck! We're like, "No, it wasn't. Song was shit." But uh, like, what's they don't have the clearance. So whenever that fight is on FS1, like one of the wildest things that gives you chills. Right along the same lines, no joke, is when Trevor would come out to Hell's Bells is when Dan would come out to that very cool Toby Keith song that his buddy wrote. But because they don't have the clearance, it's always some like guitar surf instrumental that you hear. And I it always bums me out because that's part of the story where you go, Walk up song or closer, Hell's Bells Man, it's just you all remember what it was like and but yeah, Dana told him, "Hey, you can go home and fuck your girlfriend." Dude, to that, that is song. a great line. We're not playing it at the UFC.
0: Dude, that is a great fucking line. That is awesome. We uh, we have the Padres and Angels right now. We're watching the game. They're showing Clevenger as you were talking. Did you see him? Yeah. And so he, he's pitching tomorrow night on okay. Thursday night. He's going. Um, how excited are you about this?
1: Huge, man. I Huge. mean, is it one
0: of those where you know, hey, he's pitching. And I'm I'm in front of the television. I'm not missing it.
1: You know what I like, Dave? What I really like is. Trevor Rosendahl, the other day, does the picture from Anchorman, and he's got the four guys when they're getting ready for the street yeah. fight. And it's Tommy Pham, Machado, Tatis, and, like, super clean-cut Trevor Rosendahl at the end. He superimposed yeah. his picture on it at the end. And he said, like, he wrote a thing on social media and just saying how nice— everybody's been on the team and making it easy for him. And dude, you see Clevenger and you go, dude, this guy is legit hyped. Oh yeah. Like when he talked to, I love the thing that he did with Scanlon and he's like, man, this is the place to be like, we're ready to go. Uh, yeah, I just, I think it's fun. I think, um, it's been pretty cool hearing some different baseball guests, national and local talk about the impact of what AJ was able to do. But he just—he wasn't a guy that I had paid a lot of attention to, and this year I just—I did for what we were joking about the other night. My son and I have started watching a handful of different yep. players, and Clevenger was one of them, and I'm—I'm I'm super excited. I'm excited for me in a selfish way, but I'm excited for my kids, and I'm excited for a lot of people in San Diego that are re-energized. Uh, because local government can't figure out what we're doing. Nobody can figure out what the hell we're doing. But at least if we're going to be stuck at home, our baseball team's pretty goddamn excited.
0: Oh, it is very exciting. Yeah, and you're going to love Clevenger. If anyone hasn't seen him pitch, I mean, he has a ton of energy, and it's not going to be just tomorrow against the Angels. Dude, he's a legit... That's the way he just is. I mean, he, of course, he has the the hair that looks like, you know, he's a huge you know rock band fan, but... He's, uh, he's intimidating man he's a big dude that looks like he's coming yep. right at you. I mean I know it's 60 feet, six inches, but it looks like he's throwing from 40. He's right on top of you and, and I think the Padre fans are going to love this guy, but um the, the Indians we all know about Shane Bieber and how good he is. Clevenger's is outstanding as far as a competitor goes.:
1: Shane Bieber's a stud too agreed, but now I gotta hang on a second yeah. I gotta bring something up. So last night I'm driving and I've got Gwynanello on and they bring Ted on the show. And Ted's talking about the excitement and everything else, and pointing out what we all know that's been a lot of years since we've had a good team, and he talks about the excitement of the ninety eight team, and Ted says into the phone, "This pitching staff today is better than the ninety eight pitching staff. I agree. How do you say you agree when you have when when we haven't seen one pitch from Clevenger? When you had Kevin Brown, you don't think you don't think Ashby.
0: I don't think Ashby was better than Clevenger.
1: I'm not saying that. I'm saying Kevin Brown against Clevenger. Even if you go, that's a wash. Kevin Brown was a fucking stud.
0: Lamet is a freak to me. I think Lamet, and Lamet hasn't looked good the last he's couple been outings. Yeah, and tonight wasn't a great outing either. It was so so. It just wasn't what you. When you see him, you expect expecting no hit ball.
1: I mean, I'm saying, Dave. He said it like, if you want to tell me this staff demolishes 84. At 96, I'm not arguing a bit. Not arguing a bit. I'm just saying, when you look back at that staff in 98, Ashby was incredibly effective. Hitchcock as a three, if you go paddock overall, I like him. But Hitchcock consistently, right? Even Joey Hamilton and Scott Sanders. But then in the bullpen, dude, that bullpen with Bullringer and Bockler. Dan Maselli? no.
0: I, t- I don't and know. I Trevor? like I do like I like the bullpen better back then. I like the starting rotation now. I do.
1: God, I, and I'm super excited for Clevenger. I think he's going to be great. I'm just telling you. Is as, as much as I love PV and PV won the Cy Young award. Yeah. Uh, dude, what Kevin Brown was like? I don't know if people are just because he went to the Dodgers and dismissing what he meant from an attitude and approach.
0: I I agree with that part. Holy
1: cow. I agree with that part. Now, if Clevenger comes in and is that kind of guy, I mean, I know it's a short season. You know where I think we'll really know is next year. I think next year when you're looking at this staff, because if you go Clevenger, Lamette, Paddock, I I keep forgetting about Zach Davies, who's been pretty damn good. He's been very good. And then you bring Gore into the mix, or Patino into the mix, or Morejon into the mix. Yeah, now you look at it and you go, dude, 98 was exciting, but the 2021 staff was out of control. Okay, let me
0: ask you. Let's say they win the World Series this year. You yeah. change your opinion on that?
1: Well, I it could change, Dave, honestly. Yeah, I'll reserve the right to change in two weeks because if Clevenger comes in and just pitches like the guy we've watched, yeah. and I think he's going to be great. I really do. I want him to be great. I want him to be great for AJ. I want him to be great for me and yeah. my kids. I want him to be great for him, man. I just uh,
0: I want to see what he does against some of these National League West teams that don't know him. You know what I mean? Like he, he should he, have the advantage, right? Oh, big time. What I'm, my thing is, he's going to open with the Angels, and then but he's, his next start will be against. I'm guessing I haven't looked at the schedule. It should be against a National League West team pretty soon. And you go well, shit. Li- those guys aren't familiar with him, and so the Angels yes. have seen him. Of course, they don't see him a ton, but the Angels have seen him. Right. Whereas, uh, what does he look like against the Dodgers, the Rockies, Giants, Diamondbacks, anyone else? You know,
1: I uh, I can't wait. I yeah, can't wait. I
0: think it's super exciting to 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 watch and see what see what happens. I think this lineup overall, top to bottom, is arguably the best one they've ever had.
1: Yeah it uh, it it's the one thing that we were. Chatting about today, when you you, I'm I'm really would like to know what happened with Taylor Trammell, right? Yeah. Because Austin Nola is going to shore up the catching, which desperately needed it. You go, okay, great, but you go, dude, that was one of the top prospects in baseball for the Reds, and you felt super excited to get him, even though it cost you Fran Mill. Yeah. And how much would you love to have Fran Mill right now?
0: It was eight for his last nine. It's crazy how hot he's Dude, been. Dude,
1: can you imagine? You have Myers and left. You have Fran Mill and right. Yeah. I, I mean, it would have been pretty wild. And but it's the one thing that we'd said. Yeah, but you got Taylor Trammell, and when he comes up here and he's your guy, you're gonna look back at it and go, okay, big price to pay, but you get it. And now you go. Cool. Austin Nola's here catching desperately needed help. Let's hope he's everything that we expect him to be. But damn, man, you gave up Fran Mill to get him. Yeah. And that, that's a big price.
0: You know, I looked up the the top 14 guys for the Padres and the top 14 guys for the Dodgers because I'm seeing people say, oh, man, the, Dodger, the Padres right now are an old team. Mm. And I'm thinking about it. And I go, I have to look this up because how old are they? Yeah. The Padre average age right now is – is that was a weird play? Um, it was weird he didn't go to third base to me. Yeah. Um, so the the Padre average age is only 28, is 28 years old, is what that, th- that, that
1: even feels old.
0: Does that seem old to you? Yeah, Dodgers average age is 27. Now, things change, okay? For example, you know, for the Dodgers in there, the, the old guy on the team is Justin Turner at 35. Well, he's not going to be back next year, but the Padres have guys like Garrett Richards who, who's not going to be back next year either, right? But yeah, the, the top 14 guys that that play. They are, the average age is 27 and 28, which really isn't bad. Those are still two teams in their prime with room to grow to get better.
1: So if you take Garrett Richards, if you take Pham, and you take Kirby Yates out.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't have Yates uh, as one of the guys on here, but yeah. So the the basically, I'll just go with the pods. Nola's 30. Okay. Hosmer's 30. Uh, Jake Cronenworth is 26. Machado's 28. Tatis, 21. Mm-hmm. Profar, 27. Grisham, 23. Myers, 29. Mitch Moreland hurts it because he's 35. Yeah. Lamette's 28, which is older than I thought. Funny, I didn't yeah. realize he was that old. Clevenger, 30. Richards, 32. Paddock, 24. Davies, 27.
1: Yeah, they're, they're young, man. They're, I, I love I – I I just uh, – I had a couple of days of uh, Union Tribunes built up. And tonight on the way down, just stopped, grab a bite to eat. And I, uh, the UT – I talked to Bryce yesterday. And I was just saying, man, I'm really happy for those guys because trying to put a newspaper out during COVID for Jay and Bryce and Kevin, uh, it was tough, man. And the job that they have done recently has been really, really good. But, man, they had this graphic right on the front page of the sports page from yesterday showing everybody coming in and everybody going out and age and what they're signed through. It was great. Like they really have hit this thing and done a really solid job. Mark Ziegler today writes a great column talking about how things uh impacted. Kraz has been great. Like, believe me, man, we've made enough fun of that uh, of that paper over the years, but I'm I'm really happy for him. I'm really happy I resubscribed. I like Good. it every day. And uh but I think Dave, just looking at it and realizing that the guys that come in outside of Castro and I guess Rosenthal, but Clevenger's here. The relievers are here. Nola's here. Like it's not. It's not like hey, Kevin Brown we knew in '98. Yeah, yeah, he's coming here. But then he's a free agent. There's no way we're keeping him. Like you don't. You don't have to worry about that with Clevenger yeah. or the impact guys. You go no, he's here. And Rosenthal. I don't know. Maybe you look at it and you go, well, Pomeranz will close. Pagan can close. But if Rosenthal's solid for you down the stretch and, and makes a difference in playoff games, I think you at least have to visit it, don't I, you?
0: I really hope he's what he was when he was with the Cardinals and obviously with the Royals because really strange career. I mean, he yeah. was so good with St. Louis, and then all of a sudden he goes to Detroit and National and the Nationals and fucking terrible. Like ERA at right. nine. Yeah. Goes back to Kansas City, and he's great again. When he pitches in the state of Missouri, he's great. I hope he's great here because the Padres desperately need him. And, number one, you already saw it. The dude's one of the best guys you're going to meet. He's one of the best guys Super in baseball. Cool. You hope he does does well. And, as, as I said, the team desperately needs him. You know you're going to get whatever is best effort. Nobody tries to fuck up. But it is really strange how he has struggled with other teams and been great with some teams.
1: How much of it, and I, I brought this up to Mud. And he told me – I chatted with Mudd over the weekend, and uh, I said, am I crazy on this? We were talking about Pagan. And I said, just from a confidence standpoint, I think you and I talked about it last week too, but I wanted to ask Mark. I said, as a guy who stood out there – Yeah. And guys are just hitting not, – not directed at Mudd. I was just saying in general. When guys are just hitting every pitch, and they're just like – like they knew it was coming 10 minutes ago. They're drilling it all over, right? You get rattled. And now all of a sudden you come back, you're like, damn, do I still have it? Can I still do this job? And then you get guys out. And you get one save, and then you get a second save, and it comes back. I go, just from a confidence standpoint, getting the swagger back, the mojo back, how big can that be for a guy? It could be huge because you may have – nothing may have changed with your mechanics, Dave, or your delivery. You may still be throwing 95 but if you're waiting to get knocked out, uh, that can be a big part of it. So, I don't know. Maybe that's what happened. He went back to Kansas City. didn't have a whole lot of pressure on him on that No, game, not at all. And you're able to just kind of win the mental aspect of it. I don't know. But I agree with you. I hope he's great.
0: Ron Darling said something yesterday on TV that, that I thought was interesting. He kind of went over a little bit what you just said with Grant and about when things aren't going your way. Hmm. And he goes, I have a five-point plan on why I'm not doing well. And I'm not going to nail all five. I'll forget what he said. But one was, am I tipping pitches? Yep. Am I missing in location? Is my catcher tipping pitches? Am I too much around the... My
1: catcher? How about that?
0: It's funny you say that. I'll get to that part. That was the most interesting thing he said. And then he goes, uh, am I too much around the zone? The thing I thought about Chris Paddock. I think Chris Paddock's too much around the zone. Am I throwing too many strikes? Nice hit. Um, And then then he goes, um, or is the other team just that fucking good? Is kind of was what he said, but he said he was in the minor leagues and he's going, why the fuck am I getting hit? And he realized every time he threw an inside pitch, his catcher would hit his glove. He would, he would smack the glove. I go right here. And he went back and he's like, holy shit. He goes, my fucking catcher is letting them know what pitch is coming and where I'm going. Every fucking time I throw inside. And he goes, when he stopped doing that, I fucking made it to the majors. He said,
2: wow. He goes,
0: it got me out of the minor leagues. He's that fucking guy snapping the popping the glove with his fist. Wow. <laughs> he goes, hey, fucker, stop doing that. And he goes, Excuse me, you know, I'm on the Mets, I'm winning a World Series.
1: I love all that
0: stuff. Yeah, me too. That's why I thought it was interesting. You just said it. He said something the other day, Mud, you were in the car on the way over here. I meant to bring this up the other day because Jeff always gives Grant a hard time for losing, being on the Braves that lost the 91 World Series to the Twins.
1: Right. Keep walking, 55. <laughs>
0: and he says on air, he goes, you know, when I was with the Braves.
1: Yeah. What happened?
0: Terry Pendleton comes over from St. Louis and he didn't say a lot, but Terry walked in and we knew if he had something to say, it was going to be important. And we rode that all the way to the World Series. I'm like, well, finish the
1: fucking story. Yeah. Because Jeff's waiting. Right. <laughs> you know who else has a similar story? Al Newman about when Gene Larkin walked in the room. That's what happened. Hey, why, <laughs> what the fuck happened to Bert Blylevin? Why is tonight his
0: last night on there?
1: air? Uh... <laughs> His last night all together? Yeah, he
0: said, I thought you knew. He, Minnesota Twins broadcaster and, and Hall of Fame pitcher said, I've enjoyed my time with Minnesota immensely. Tonight is my last night on the air. I'm still with the organization. I'm going to be a special assistant. But this is my last game I'm ever going to call.
1: Uh, I don't know on that. I, so here's the wild thing. And we're really lucky with, with Mud and Don. Yeah. Because what you see is what you get. And they hit it off right from day one. And Mudd just kind of, like Vaskersian, was incredible at this. Don is the same way. Mark is just one of the best guys you'll ever meet, 100%. He's just one of the best guys. But you got to kind of let Mud run wild, right? And I know in this town it makes some people crazy, but the majority – of the people love mud and rightfully so, and uh, Proctor never knew how to do it. Yeah, Enberg was horrible at it, and and in my opinion, I don't feel like Dick Enberg showed mud the respect he deserved. I agree for what he had done for twenty years in this town, for the way Mark was loved, and Dick. I I don't have any time for that. I didn't know Dick at all. I didn't have any kind of relationship, but Mud's like a brother to me, and if you're gonna disrespect him. I don't like you, period. And I never did like Enberg. Uh, Mark Neely was an incredibly nice guy, but probably not ready for this job and didn't really know how to get the most out of Mud. But Orsillo and uh, and Mudd are great. I bring this up, Dave, because I've said it. We were talking about different games, and a lot of us have the MLB package. Dick Bremer and Burt Blylevin have been the Twins broadcast team for like 25 years. Yeah. The rumor is they hate each other. Oh, really? Like Now, I don't know if that's reason yeah. enough for Burt to walk away. Yeah. But I, I that's what I heard. Wow. Now, I, I don't know either, guys, so I can't confirm it. But I just... When we would go through and, and see Glenn Geffner and Dave Van Horn. Yeah. Dave is a Hall of Fame announcer. Started with the Expos. Came to the Marlins. Is probably... Right up there with just one of the nicest men that you and I have ever had the chance to meet, and he's such just a humble, good person and so incredibly nice to Glenn when Glenn came in, went home to Miami to do the Marlins. I know Geff will confirm this. Yeah. You just go, God bless him, man. That's why you're a Hall of Famer. Yes. Yeah. When we would have the opportunity to talk with Vin and just see how he interacted. You know who I loved watching Vin interact with? He would sit with the camera guys and he, the the staff yeah. and sit and tell stories. His stat guys. He had three guys that traveled with him. And he would sit at dinner with these guys, and they would laugh and laugh and laugh. And we're big kind people. Oh, Sorry to be the guy to yeah. say it, but I why bullshit you? And I never liked that. That's the only thing that I heard, right? Kuiper and Kruko, you watch those guys. God, they're just as cool as it gets. Yeah. Jack Buck, John Miller, all these guys that have – Marty Brenneman, Tom Brenneman, uh, when he's not making homophobic statements. <laughs> Joe Nuxall, right? I'm just thinking about different guys yeah. that have come through here. You know who was great that I loved seeing every year to just catch up with and chat it was Bob Bradley. Yeah. Bob Bradley was – Fucking the coolest I don't know what happened to Brentley but dude he was as cool as a guy but so when you hear these stories and they get out yeah. Wayne Hagen how you doing Dave? <laughs> I liked Wayne Wayne was awesome but you hear these stories about guys that they hate each other you yeah. go how do you do that how do you coexist for 25 years when you can't stand the guys sitting next to you I don't know but I didn't know Burt was leaving but they, yeah,
0: 23 years they've been together
1: yeah, Justin Morneau is really good on there. Yeah, is
0: he really? Yeah, he's good. really
1: good. And um their their radio team, like if you have Sirius XM, yeah. boy, their radio team is Corey Provis, who came from Milwaukee, and Mud's really good at pointing this out. Every guy that came from Milwaukee st- sounds a little bit like Euchre. So Provis has a little bit of that cadence, but it's him and Dan Gladden. Oh wow. And Dan Gladden, I'm trying to think of guys that have been former players that are really good play by play guys.
0: I think uh play by play or color commentators? Play by play. Oh wow, that's a good question. Because
1: Corey does Corey does play by play, but on the weekends if he's off doing um like TV, yeah. then Gladden steps over and does play by play and is really good. But I don't know. That's the only thing I know about those guys is that that had been the rumor that they hated each
0: other. Oh, that's interesting. God, man. The one thing I always remember about uh, Burt Blylevin, one is it took him a long time to get in the Hall of Fame. He was close yeah. to 300 wins, didn't get it. But he always told the story that when he was his career was over and he, he finished his career up, I believe it was, it was with the Angels I'm looking at right now in 1990, that he was so upset that he couldn't play baseball anymore that he would drive to the Big A parking lot. He said he'd park his car and just cry. God, You man. know, he just he missed it so much. And then he w- looked like he wasn't getting the Hall of Fame because that 300 number was such a big deal. Kind of crazy, by the way, tonight Tom Seaver passed away. I don't know if you saw that.
1: I did, and it bummed me out. Yeah, because really? it's part of your childhood. Yeah. You, but I love Tom Seaver was sitting in the booth as an active player. Tom Seaver, Reggie Jackson, yeah. Earl Weaver, all these yeah. guys were part of ABC. You go back and watch Highlights, Dave. Reggie was great. Reggie was great. Uh, Tom Seaver was great. Earl Weaver.
0: Yeah. Remember when Earl Weaver got the perm?
1: Yeah. (laughs) That was crazy. You got to go see.
0: You're right, though. They were all good. Joe Torre and Reggie Jackson used to do Angel Games. Yeah. And were fucking really good.
1: Joe was great. There's the best clip of Earl getting into it with the umpire. And they're telling each other, you hit me. No, I hit you. And Earl's like, I'm going to the Hall of Fame. And the guy goes, for what, Earl? Blowing the World Series? That's what the umpire <laughs> tells him. <laughs> he goes, you're not getting in the Hall of Fame unless you buy a ticket, Earl. Oh, my God. And he tells him, for what, Earl? What are you getting in for? Blowing the World Series?
0: Oh, my God. I And Earl remember, just keeps
1: following him around. It's so goddamn funny.
0: I remember Earl sat out the 83 season. And Joe Altobelli won the world series against the Phillies. Why and sit up? He He retired and then he came out of retirement Man. and he went back. They fired Joe like the next year and he was back, but it was like, dude, you missed it. it was, that was the one year Cal Ripken junior won it. It was yeah. fucking, it was, it was, it was, it was nuts. Hey, what want to mention, because uh, I, I do want to point out the Padres, Fernando Tatis jr. He won player of the month. Yep. Pretty, pretty cool. Um, Jose Abreu won at the American League. Who actually had a crazy month. Here's a, 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 a and I'm not trash on Tatis because I've always said to you guys this this entire season how great he is. Juan Soto, we know missed like the first the very beginning mm-hmm. of the season. Just started playing. Has only played 25 games. Has 11 home runs already.
1: Dude, that kid. I mean, hitting
0: 355. He's a freak, dude. He is. They're both 21 years old. Soto yeah. and Tatis are 21 years old.
1: I mean, the future of this game. When you look at it, there's so many young. Talented players that are spread around the game—that yeah. it makes it so fun to watch. No, I mean, there's nothing wrong with acknowledging how special Juan Soto is. Doesn't dis- diminish what people will
0: have- always seem to go after me on that. But I, I, but he he is something else. And I know. Tell me what you think on this one. As great as Tatis is, and he was great last year, mm-hmm. you can almost make the argument Jake Cronenworth might be the pickup of the year for AJ. Right? I mean, he won Rookie of the Month, by the way.
1: Yeah, I mean it's when you look at Fam. I mean, Fam hasn't played at all. And now you get Cronenworth, and, I mean, the kid's outstanding. Yeah. He's just outstanding. And, and look, Dave, there's so many fun stories on this team. The bounce back of Hosmer, the bounce back of Machado, the bounce back of Myers, right? Yep. Finding Cronenworth. Tatis continuing to develop every day and just being great. Can you imagine Dave, think of Paddock had been this year what we expected him to be, right? Yeah. And just as he's kind of finding his way, as Lamette's going through a few things, as Garrett Richards has had his struggles, you're still talk of baseball. Like, uh, listen, I didn't see it. I didn't either. I mean, we sat in here, we laughed and laughed, right? What did that... we?
0: I tell you what, we picked. We picked. Both of us had twenty-five and thirty-five was our prediction this season.
1: I felt like I had him better than that. Are you sure we didn't have him at least at twenty-nine?
0: No, Costa was crazy, but you and I had him at twenty-five and thirty-five.
1: God, I yeah.
0: They're almost uh, at twenty-five right now. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, they have been. They've been great because I think when you look at it last year you've really struggled to find two or three or four games where everything seemed to click. Yeah. And, boy, it seemed to click a lot this year. Now, is that Jace Tingler, right? I don't know.
0: It's a question I'm going to answer in my five questions to you on Jace Tingler. Okay. Now, I was flipping around today coming back from the dentist, and they brought up the same thing that I had written down to ask you. How important is Jace Tingler? Hartman said something very funny. He, he goes said. well. All we know is we gave one, we know he gave one sign of don't swing three and O, oh, and they said fuck off, and he hit a th- hit a grand slam.
1: Yeah. He goes. Well, what, hey, what is
0: Jay's Tingler doing, or is everything already decided?
1: I'll I'll tell you this about Tingler: the one thing he did and has continued to do since that night is own it. And he goes, "That's all you wanted." I don't I don't know that Andy Green would have owned it. Would they know. have the
0: same record with Andy Green? Nope. You can't you can't. Ex- How can he say it be so quick? It's all 100%. different. T- it's a whole different team.
1: Yeah, I don't think I don't think this team liked Andy. I don't, I don't think Myers liked him. I don't think Machado liked him. I think it was a completely different, completely different.
0: It'll be interesting to see the Cubs and Pods in the playoffs. Why not it? Anyway, Andy Green's the bench coach.
1: Oh yeah, what's he doing? Getting getting David Ross bazooka Joe. I believe
0: he's more oh, experience than David Ross.
1: I got you. Nobody worries about the bench coach. You think anybody in that? You think tonight in Anaheim when they're at the DoubleTree? They put those cookies on the bed. (laughs) You think think anybody there's like, oh God, what does Andy know? What does Andy Uh, know about it? Shut up, Andy's like that's
0: not my team. Why don't you give me a chance? Guarantee your bud's thinking the same thing. Why don't you give me a chance?
1: They're like, we did give you a chance, and then we got you out of here, like the Rockies are gonna do, Harry. (laughs)
0: You're an asshole. Hey, want to mention Dan Williams. He's your guy to get you out of debt. Dan's also the guy to help you find your first house. Get out of the rental market. Don't be one of those guys that is stuck paying money every single month, knowing your money's not going anywhere. There's nothing like being in charge of your money and Dan can help you do it. 858-688-6813. 858-688-6813.
1: It's so, so important, Dave, to to have a good financial plan in place. Because how many people do this and and it happened to me today? You sign in to Capital One, right? I like those guys, man. They give you notifications if anything's wrong on your credit card. And you sign in, you're like, you know what, I'm gonna make a credit card payment because I think that balance should be about uh eh, three forty, three fifty, great. Let me just sign in here. Oh, it's weird, it's about seven ninety eight. I wasn't quite ready for that. <laughs> what the fuck happened here. What happened here? What the fuck have I been doing, right? And you realize, oh yeah, I've been over at Lit. Buying nothing but bongs. No. And uh, But you look at it and you go, all right, well, I can make this payment. And then next week's payday. And you go, dude, no problem. I'll pay it off and everything's done. It's borrow smart, repay smart. And I mentioned it. It's to get it done with the credit card. I only have one active. But when you do that and you make those consistent payments, your credit score continues to be outstanding. And when you're ready to get into the housing market, your financial plan is set. You have. I'm telling you, there's two things that I look at, and I thank Dan for this. Because I know, having worked for Homecoming's Financial, they're going to look at it. What's his credit score number one? Bang. What's his payment history look like? And when you look, anybody who works in a bank knows what this is. And there are a couple of different things. When you pull your credit score, let's say you have a Capital One card. They're going to look and see there's going to be a row of about 27 numbers that I guarantee you Dan looks at all the time. And those numbers could be zeros, ones, twos, threes, fours, and higher. And what that number represents is each month, where did you make your payment next to when was the day it was due? Yeah. So if you have a zero there, what that's telling the bank is, hey, his payment was on the 10th and he made it on the 3rd. If it's a one it's well it was on the 10th and he made it on the 10th yeah two it's the 17th you start getting into those threes and fours because you're a couple weeks behind and the bank is like "Uh uh-uh not here or you can come here and have about a 28 percent interest rate forget that call dan 858-688-6813 you're going to put those zeros in the line and then the bank's going to be on the line saying we've got a loan for you
0: All right, to get that brand new house, after Dan gets you all set up and ready to go, you're going to call Brian Curry. Brian Curry is the guy that's been with Caldwell Banker for more than 20 years. He knows the San Diego real estate market as good as anybody. It's funny, you had someone call me today and say, hey, are you interested in selling this property? And I said, you know what, I already have a guy. They go, who's your guy? And I said, Brian Curry's my guy. Asshole. Know what they said? He's, he's, He's great. Yeah. He's really good at what he does. But they called trying to basically move in on Brian's business. And then they said, oh, fuck, we don't mess with that guy. Guy He used to fly a helicopter.
1: Hey, Dave, uh, you got that guy's number over? I'm going to bring the copter over there. We're going to send that guy a little, uh, we're going to do a little bit of fire retard right there on the office. He's going to come out. He's going to look bright pink like he's got cotton candy on over
0: we're gonna beat the fuck out of him when he's unconscious i didn't say that him.
1: dave mike's live we're just gonna make it look like cotton candy we'll talk more when the show's over over we're gonna hook him up to balloons while he's unconscious dave we're gonna mike's him. still on buddy <laughs> uh, i'm gonna take the copter over here go see take a quick look over at ib get everything squared away make sure we never come back here again over
0: over six one nine four four nine four four five two that's the number to call excuse me that is not the number to call that's the number what? to get a pool 619-251-1588. I'll give you that number again. 619-251-1588 is Brian Curry's number.
1: You know what, Dave, I made the mistake of having a real estate agent not named Brian Curry before this podcast. And yeah, you know, there was a time before I got married and this real estate agent hyped me up and said, uh, I think I found the perfect place for you." Now I was excited. I never owned a house. I was a single guy, had my my shit together. I go, well, let's go see it. And next thing you know, me and this guy go out, and we're going for a long time. And I go, where the fuck are we going? You know where we ended up? We ended up at an abandoned bus in the middle of Alaska. (laughs) I go, this is like goddamn into the wild. The guy goes, I know, but with your shitty credit and the fact you got no money in the bank, uh, we can get you this thing, and you'll pay it off in 27 years. Uh, I lived there for three, and then I sold it. (laughs) But I never want to live in an abandoned bus again, and you shouldn't either. If you want to live in a great house that people are going to love and you're going to be proud to call your own, nobody can help you find that house better and faster than our guy, Brian Curry.
0: Absolutely. you got to get that brand-new pool as well. Alan Taylor, Taylor May Pools, what are you doing this Labor Day weekend?
1: You're going to sweat your balls up. Yeah,
0: you should be having a pool party, dipshit. You completely have messed it up if you have not called this number. 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. 619 449 That's Alan Taylor. Taylor May pools. Nobody better.
1: God, everybody looking forward to the three-day weekend. And then you see intense heat advisory. Inland kicks in, I think, tomorrow all the way through Monday. That's you, shithead, out here in the <laughs> Dude, middle I'm of the Dude, I'm driving to Phoenix
0: tomorrow. Oh, have fun. I'll be there till Monday.
1: Oh, that's going to be great. You're going to love that. That's going to be fun. You guys shack up at Stevie V's house? <laughs> <laughs> and, then, uh, and then if you're along the coast where I am, they go, nah, no problem. You're fine. It's not going to become crazy intense heat until uh, Saturday all the way through Monday. And I wonder how many of you look around and go, God dang, what am I going to do? My AC bill is $9,000. I got to call Dan Williams to figure out how I pay down SDG&E when really that payment you should have made was to get yourself the brand new pool. Yep, And nothing better than a tailor-made pool. Look, it, it's not going to start cooling down every year. It's going to get warmer and warmer. All you got to do is watch Bill Nye the Science Guy. <sighs> so find a way to counteract that, and that's by getting a beautiful tailor-made pool.
0: Holy fuck. It's going to be 112 in Phoenix on Friday.
1: That's hot. <laughs>
0: that's hot. Son of a bitch. I think I'm going to just this. is what I'm going to do. I don't have to coach until Friday. Yeah. I think I'm going to listen to uh, the Padre game on the radio out there. Make it go faster. Yeah, okay. Just oh, yeah. wait for everything to cool down.
2: Yeah.
0: Be oh, great. That's what I'm doing.
1: You and I heard the, the advice is um wear long sleeve shirts and drink a lot of hot drinks. <laughs> is that right? And you wear that sweatsuit? Yep. It's the mental game, Dave. I, you're gonna win.
0: I come back with a seven a neck of a seven. And great <laughs> cheekbones. Of, yeah. stack
1: of dimes you call a, a neck.
0: Fuck. Idiot. All right, Kyle Flueger's your guy for that perfect website. Guess what? If you need a brand new website to help your business shine, Kyle Flueger's your guy, 619-500-6621, 619-500-6621.
1: Here's the other thing that you need to manage if you have a website. I'm going to rip this company tonight, and I'm going to find these guys uh, because I told them, two days ago, I liked your company, and now I hate your guts. And this company, I'm going to tell you who these guys are. i got to find it right here. I find uh, my friend, uh, Nick Rogers, okay. my buddy. Nick Rogers sends me this thing. He goes, hey, doesn't your son love Steph Curry? And I go, yeah. And he goes, Steph Curry is doing a book club. Did I mention this the yep. other night? No,
0: you mentioned it to me in the street.
1: So Steph Curry is doing a book club. I pay 25 bucks a month. They send a book. They send uh, Curry's written notes about it. The first book is a wild book called The Other West Moor. Highly recommended for any of you. And my son Jack's super excited because these are books picked by Curry. They come directly to Jack. And then once a month, there's a Zoom call that he can log into. And Curry is going to talk about the book. And we don't know if he's going to take questions or anything else. But I was super excited to do it. And then uh, the company is called L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I. Literati? How am I pronouncing that, Dave? Sounds L-I-T- pretty good to me. All right. So I, they sent me this thing. I signed Jack up, and I have been sent in the last 48 hours nine emails from this company explaining to me about the excitement of a book club. I wrote to them last night. I said, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> Two days ago, my son and I were super excited about your company. Now I hate you. Your company sucks because we can figure out how the book club works. You send us the book, and then we read it. (laughs) And in between, I pay you for it. It's not that complicated. And they write back today, Dear Jeff, I apologize that you've been overwhelmed with marketing emails. That's great feedback with our team as we launch this new book club. I wrote them back. I go, yeah. And I go, I just want to emphasize on the feedback that I hate your company. (laughs) And if it wasn't for my 12-year-old son, I would have been long gone. And I go, by the way, I'm going to tell everybody I know that I hate your company. And they were like, wow. I'm like, stop sending me shit. It's a goddamn book club. Here's my email to him, Dave. This is the email I wrote. Now, I want you to notice one thing about it and see if you recognize it at the end. Okay? Okay. I said, hi, I signed up for this for my 12-year-old son who loves Steph Curry. In 48 hours, I now hate your company. You've sent me endless amounts of emails letting me know how a book club works. Thanks. It's not that complicated. I will also tell my friends how much I hate your company. (laughs) Whoever is in charge of your email campaign is overmatched in this position. The idea is to make people excited about what is coming, not hate the idea of ever getting another email from you. That's where I am tonight. If not for my son who's my best friend, this experiment would be over before it started. You're doing a major disservice to the fascinating lineup of talented people you have hosting the individual clubs. Stop sending me these idiotic emails. Relax. You got my money, now leave me alone. What'd you notice in that email? I didn't I didn't cuss.
0: Oh, that's good. Like that? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they noticed that too.
1: They didn't notice that at all. Well, I felt like
0: you cussed at them.
1: Well, I'm just telling you right now. The one thing that people don't ever understand. What do do? What did you notice in the email?
0: That you completely flew off the handle.
1: Dude, hang on. I wonder if I can see, and this is all why your website matters. Oh,
0: my God. It is.
1: Because if you're doing shit like this and people immediately hate you, like I hate them. Yeah. Uh, they're like, this is ridiculous. One, two, three, uh, four, five, six, seven. Oh, boy. Eight, Uh, and there's nine, nine emails that I received in two days from them. That's crazy. Hey, here's how it works. You get the book, read the book, then post a review. Yeah, we got it. You fucking dumb shit. (laughs) So that's the one thing. You
0: think Oprah handles it the same way?
1: Uh, She doesn't read anything. Did you just say Oprah can't read No, God, no, I did not. Jesus, we'll get into that in a second. Um, I don't know how Oprah's book club reads. I, I would think it's probably pretty cool, all kidding aside. Of I think she's very invested. I mean, she's had, look, the great thing for what Oprah did, and our friend Matt Coyle, Josh Rosenberg wrote a book, yeah. right? Dude, that is a hard, hard field. And if Oprah signed up and said, hey, Dave, you know what? I love your book. And I'm going to promote it. And the, forget it. Yeah, that's no all kidding aside. If she got behind your book, oh yeah, you that is really really cool. Yeah, you know what I watched today? What'd you watch?
0: I watched the Richard Jewell movie. Have you seen it? I
1: did see that movie.
0: Yeah, it was kind of it, it, it was sad, it, it was right? as sad as I thought it was going to be. It was. It was sad.
1: Um, yeah, I laughed because I had been in Atlanta. Yeah,
0: that's why I brought it up.
1: Uh, for the Super Bowl, when Ray Lewis. Um, had his whole incident and I never forget the guy WSB telling me, um, yeah, Ray Lewis is going away for a long time because the last time we had a major event here was the 96 Olympics and this city ended up with a lot of egg on their face, the way they treated Richard Jewell. A year later, I was in Tampa watching Ray Lewis get Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, exactly right. That was a, that was a crazy movie, man.
0: Was that Olivia Wilde? She's the one that's, uh, fucks everyone for information.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: never happened in our career.
1: No. <laughs> Not yet.
0: <laughs> All, right. All right, here we go. September second. How old are they? How much are they worth? Then I have five questions for you. Okay. I think you'll like every name on here. Here we go. We're going uh Kiana Reeves.
1: Very good. Uh 54. 56. 80 million.
0: Okay. This is what it says. I looked it up twice because the number seemed ridiculous to me. Three hundred and sixty million dollars.
1: Damn, is that? Well, I have no
0: idea where that money's from, but it's $360. Matrix
1: and those John Wick movies That's right. killed it. That's
0: right. I didn't even think about that. So You're right. Paul
1: Rudd was on Stern today, too, talking about Ant-Man and that the Marvel movies. Stern kept asking him, do you get any of that movie on the back end? And he said, no, you just get the straight deal. But I guarantee if Keanu's getting that, that means he's making money on the back from those Matrix uh, remakes or the John Wick movies? Wow, good for him!
0: Wow, okay, here we go. Mark Harmon.
1: Mark Harmon, goddamn! Is your uh, is your wife watching yes. Cis? Oh yeah, all of them. Hey, Cis Vegas is coming back with William Peterson.
0: Oh, that's funny. No, she she, uh, she used to watch the Miami one, all that bullshit. All yeah. of them. Yeah,
1: dude, Mark Harmon still married to Pam Dauber? Still is. Uh, I'm gonna say he's.
0: 66.
1: 69. Damn it. Um
0: Now he's executive producer on every one of those fucking shows. All those good. all those CISs, NCIS, all that shit.
1: Dude, that's money. I'm gonna say 150 million.
0: I would have guessed more. It said ninety million dollars is what it says. Wow. Okay. Terry Bradshaw, who's the least amount on this list. So just let you know that? that.
1: Well, yeah, cause played at a time. Uh Terry Bradshaw. Dude, let me think. Do the math here. Let's say he's uh God damn, can Terry Bradshaw be seventy? Yeah, he's older. Really? Seventy yeah. three? Seventy two. Wow. Uh twenty five million.
0: Fifteen million dollars. All right. Harvey Levin.
1: Dude from TMZ? Yeah.
0: Has more money oh. than Terry Bradshaw.
1: Yeah. Well, an attorney and owns TMZ. Oh, he might own the people's court, too. Oh, wow. Where he had something to do with that. Harvey Levin. Shit. I'm going to say he's 63.
0: 70 years old. No way. Yep.
1: Uh, 200 million.
0: It says $20 million is what oh, it says. Oh, dude, no way. Okay, that's what I got. Okay, here's the big one of the night. Okay. Selma Hayek. Wow. 52.
1: 54. Damn. Uh Damn! See, I when think... when I say
0: big one of the night, I mean this might be the big one of the year.
1: Is that right? Because yes. see, there's she has the career in Latin America, and then she's got the career in the states. Well, too. it's who
0: she's married to is what gives her the big big dough.
1: Who's she married to? The
0: guy who owns Gucci.
1: Uh, oh, I thought that's who Lori Loughlin was. Lori no, Loughlin. She, no, she's married Lori to Lori Laughlin. Yeah. Um dude, eight hundred million.
0: $8 billion.
1: Shut the fuck yeah, up.
0: $8 billion. She's worth 115 on her own. $8 billion wow. dollars with this guy. Wow. Holy shit. I don't think we've had somebody with $8 billion.
1: No. I was just reading about Steve Cohen, who you remember had been yeah. rumored to buy the Padres and yeah. backed out. Uh, Steve Cohen buys the Mets, is going to pay anywhere from 2 and a half to $3 billion, and he's worth $15 billion. That's crazy. By That's the weird. way, Jimmy Kimmel was on Stern on my drive home. Out of here the other night. I think it
0: was a rerun, but yeah. Yeah, it was. Okay.
1: From when Stern was in L.A., but he told that story that you love about roasting Bill Gates and yeah. how Steve Dude. Ballmer was the only guy who laughed. He <laughs> he laughed like a maniac. Dude, I love that story.
0: Uh, the, the joke, my favorite joke that he, the line he used that we well, the, yeah. the, the roasted and said, um, <laughs> "What do you say, 1580 Because Bill Gates almost had a perfect score on his SATs. He missed one question. What does a vagina look like? Yeah. And fucking Steve bombers dying laughing.
1: He said he loved it. (laughs) He loved it. And then he said uh, he he got so bored that by the end he goes, hey, kids, your dad's an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my
0: God. All right, here we go. Five questions for Jeff. Here we go. Is Jace Tingler your pick for National League Manager of the Year?
1: Mm, Yeah, 100%.
0: You know who's yelling right now at, at his, uh, his computer? His fucking Glenn Geffner is telling you it's Don Mattingly.
1: God. Don Mattingly's
0: Outside of Starlin Marte. Can you name another Marlin? I mean, it's pretty fucking amazing. Well, they
1: just traded Villard too. Uh,
0: how crazy is that? Yeah. Yeah. He, he looked like he... I don't want to be traded. Um, Bobachette's going to be back in two weeks. What are you trading me for?
1: Dude. Um... What what are the Marlins at right now? What's their record? At oh right shit! At? No, I gotta, I gotta see.
0: It, they're doing. They're they're in the playoffs. The Marlins are in the fucking playoffs, dude. It's, it's fucking nuts right now. How how well they've played. I just thought it was a a freak thing. Good start, that kind of deal. But it's uh, I, I, you and I are both the root for them because Glenn's there.
1: Hundred And I just said Dave Van Horn, one of the nicest guys. Yeah.
0: Going. Um. Okay, I got it right here. Marlins are sixteen and sixteen.
1: Okay. Yeah, but what are the Cubs? How about David Ross, the, the C- job he's done with the Cubs?
0: 22 and 14.
1: Yeah, and what are the pods?
0: The pods are going to win tonight, so they're 21 and is that 15. The Dodgers are going to lose tonight. They're in extra innings, but right behind you, Kenley Jansen just walked, in extra innings, just walked everybody around to give the Diamondbacks a run. Mm. Um. All right, so here we go. Next question on
1: David here. Ross was in that mix, too, though, Dave. I mean, that.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a bunch of different ways you can go because there's so many guiding teams in the playoffs.
1: Right, Dave Roberts has been great.
0: Um, here we go. So here's something interesting I saw the other day, and I was wondering if Jeff knew the answer to this. Can you name the five NHL teams that you cannot buy season tickets to? There are four of them in the United States. There's one in Canada, meaning that if you want to get season tickets, there's a waiting list. Can you name those five teams?
1: God, it's funny to me that it's only the one Canadian team. I would think that has to be the Leafs. It is. Okay, then, from the but I would have thought I would have thought the Canadians would have been really no. tough. No, well I know you just okay. said there was only one. Um, now I got to think for the American League uh, or the American teams, Bruins.
0: Bruins are one.
1: Okay, uh, I wouldn't think the Rangers are sold out, but the the Rangers will be in a couple of years with Kako and Alexi Lafreniere coming there. Um, Blackhawks tickets were tough to get.
0: Blackhawks are another one. Okay. So far, you're doing good.
1: Um. Oh, you know who I wonder if it might be? Is it the Avalanche? No. All right. My only other guess would have been the Sharks. No. Who are the other two?
0: Tampa Bay. No kidding. And Nashville. How crazy is that?
1: Great. I love it. I mean, it just shows you the success of the NHL. Yeah uh in how they work in the in the warm weather cities.
0: All right, since I'm not watching, okay, the, I'll tell you right now I'm not watching the NHL playoffs. Who's your pick to win the Stanley Cup? You can name one team. Don't go covering your ass with this answer.
1: No, I I got to be honest, Dave. I've been we have been so incredibly swamped that I've kind of lost track of where the playoffs are over the last week. So, right now I can't even I can't even tell you where we stand with the teams. I'd have to look at it. I'll I'll tell you by Sunday. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just I, I I think trying to think. I know uh, I mean I I said Vegas when we were in here at the start and but I just it's just been crazy busy and a million different things going on. So I can't really give you a good answer tonight. But give me a day or two to get caught back up and I'll let you know.
0: All right, as a Padre fan, are you more excited about current second baseman Jake Cronenworth mm-hmm. or when Roberto Alomar came up?
1: Boy, Don, I did like Ted talking about the comparison between... He did? I I think he was talking more about Tatis and Robbie Alomar. Robbie was a guy that, same thing where we had heard about, but there were a bunch of those guys. Sandy Alomar, Junior, Bayerga, Benito. There were a bunch of different guys that we had heard about, but Robbie was always the one that I think a lot of people would agree had the crown jewel. And he just, Dave, when he got here, man, he was just so cool and so good. That trade broke my heart. Like, the Mitchell trade always is the one that bothered me the most. But I think a lot of people, like why Joe McElvain would have traded Robbie Alomar is just, I wasn't here. I mean, i just gotten here when Ozzy got traded for Templeton, so I can't speak on that one. I'm sure... Uh, if I was a young kid, Jonesy got traded to the Mets. That probably was a drag for some people, but like the Robbie Alomar trade just sucked for your guy yeah. Tony Fernandez. I, I just uh, absolutely made no sense. I think the cool thing about Cronenworth is like he came out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, he did. He came out of nowhere.
1: And and I saw somebody write or mention, and and I thought it was a really interesting point. Man, oh, man, if Eric Hosmer, who hits another home run tonight, looks so good. He does. But if Eric Hosmer doesn't have his uh, intestinal issues earlier, I don't know what we see on a Cronenworth. I mean, maybe he. You're right. Right? His
0: profile was the guy that they wanted there. At second. Yep.
1: And then he comes in and plays outstanding at first. Yeah. And has been so good since, man. There's just wild things that have happened. It was
0: Brady Phelps that wrote that today.
1: Is that what Brady? Yeah. He go, I, he no, go, full credit uh, to yeah. Brady. I thought it was a really interesting point that he made. I You see different things on social media, but yeah. no, I thought that was really interesting because I hadn't thought about it. I think Brady's spot on when he said that.
0: I can't remember. Do you remember how Brady wrote it? He wrote it something like, how often do you think about if it wasn't for Hosmer having the runs that we would have never seen Croner work? <laughs> And I wrote back, I can't stop thinking about it. And I didn't see what he wrote back, but I know it's like, fuck off, (laughs) you asshole.
1: Well, it's like Mad Friars writes tonight. They go, hey, Padres are bringing up five guys, and they're either going to have to be activated or sent to the alternate site. And one of the guys they list is Clevenger. So I wrote back and said, well, I think Clevenger (laughs) is going to make the team. And I don't know if it was John Conniff or who. Probably that dipshit Dave J. I never read him. I just read Kevin and uh, and John. Um, they're like edgy take. I was like, "Well, you're the <laughs> idiot who wrote it. What are you writing?" I didn't even see the moves tonight. Who got who got sent down? Well, Myers
0: is is sick. I mean, Myers is on injured list. They put Will Myers on the aisle, and they said, "Is it COVID related?" He said, "I'm not answering that question." They
1: can't. Because- they can't.
0: Well, that yeah. But usually, you would think if it wasn't, they would say no. But Here's the deal. This is how I say you you know it's not. The Padres wouldn't be playing tonight if it was. Yeah. You know, right? The whole team would be quarantined. They'd be sitting out. They wouldn't be yeah. playing tonight if that's what it was.
1: So he goes. I mean, so, it
0: could be something simple. Who knows?
1: But it's, they had did they do anything with Stamen? Did they do anything with Pierce Johnson? Did they do I no, mean, Pierce they,
0: Johnson played tonight? I thought I yeah. saw
1: him pitching. Yeah. Um
0: I think so. I think that was Pierce Johnson playing tonight. No, I think he just you're kept right. Looking up
1: there. Guerra? Did he I ready? didn't.
0: I haven't seen. I haven't seen the roster. I'll, I'll tell you in a second when I get All done right. with this last question. All right. So here's here's. Uh, you just mentioned the roast. Okay. Mm-hmm. Josh asked me this question yesterday. My answer was no way. Would you, for let's say a hundred thousand dollars, would you go on and be roasted on, let's no. say, Comedy Central?
2: No way. I said
0: no too. And I go, dude, I got thick skin but no fucking way dude yeah no. Except if they were to tell me dave that they, they can come up with a cure for covid no and i will still say too fucking bad we're going to find another way cuz i'm not doing it <laughs> oh, you God. and i are one on the same i don't understand anybody that says this is going to be a good idea
1: no i didn't even know steve and they did one for cantorian woods yeah. it bugged me cuz yeah. i was like dude no um i don't even do you even watch them
0: yeah i do i watch them i think it's i think it's saved Um, Justin Bieber's career is the the roast for him because all of a sudden it made him kind of cool again. But then some of these guys, like Pam Anderson, looked like she was going to cry. It Uh, looked terrible.
1: God, no, as fucked up as I am. (laughs) 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 Uh, One quick thing that I wanted to point out. Pagan
0: Pagan went to the IL2. Pagan and Myers went to the injured list.
1: All right. Um, One thing I wanted to point out is... The city of San Diego is very upset because everybody has been reporting that the Brookfield properties uh, proposal did not – we all said it didn't include a new arena. So they got mad at everybody, and they're grouchy about the whole thing. But here's the wild thing. They now are moving forward. I was really disappointed in Scott Lewis. i got to tell you, I like Scott a lot. But he, he went on Darren's show yesterday and was crying the blues about the Union Tribune and their reporting. I thought what the UT did was really, really good. And and I can't tell you what Voice of San Diego did. Maybe they had it similar. But to go on and say, oh, it's a lot of false promises, and uh, I don't know. I, I mean, it just felt like sour grapes from a really? guy I like a lot. He came down and spent two hours in this garage. It just sounded like whining. Yeah. I, I think what Dave Garrick, what Bryce, what – um Kraz have done down there for the Union Tribune, Dave, has been really, really good as they write about the stadium and as they write about what's going on in the Midway District. But Bryce and I were talking yesterday, and I, I was saying, can you find an image of the footprint? Holy shit. The city of San Diego provided uh, an image of what this project is And I will tweet it tonight. When Dave and I wrap up, I will put the tweet out tonight. When you guys look at the overhead for what is being talked about, it is absolutely amazing. And it all starts with the vote coming up in November. We're going to mention it a lot. We all have to rally and get out and vote. uh, And vote for what I believe is going to be Prop E. That's what they're calling it in the Union Tribune. We have to lift that 30-foot height limitation but if you look at the amount of footage and acreage that is going to be upgraded and replaced and made super exciting by the guys who built LA Live, it is incredibly exciting. And so, look, I feel like momentum has changed in this town a little bit. And, and that's the one thing that I've always been a fan of Scott. I've always thought he's progressive and everything else. And I don't know, he could be 100% right. But to come on two days afterwards and be like, oh, it's all false promises and the idea of a new arena is probably not going to happen. i like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut up. Nobody wants to hear your shit. We know you're upset about the schools. Get a new song. You're like goddamn Aha, Lewis, singing one goddamn song every night. Okay? One-note Johnny. Holy fuck. But he'll be on... He'll be on probably Ben and Woods tomorrow, and then he'll be on Gwyn and Chris on Friday. Right? Yes. Yeah, so do we have so- nobody else in this? I don't blame Scott for answering the phone. When you're the CEO of a nonprofit, you have to get the word out.
0: Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Man, that's something else. It's right.
1: boring. It's
0: boring. All right, so when are we coming
1: back? Uh, Dave is traveling uh, to Arizona, so everybody have a safe and fantastic Labor Day. The next two weeks, yeah, um, we will be here on the eighth, and then the following Tuesday, the fifteenth. So this goes strictly to Billy, who can never seem to figure it out. <laughs> There's no shows on Sundays. Okay, Pete, can you write that down for him? Write a little note, friend. Pin it to his shirt. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He'd break, break his arm if he tried to pin anything to
1: his shirt. Well, I don't know why it's so confusing for Billy. We haven't done a Sunday show in six weeks. Oh, what happened? No show? Can we bring meaty in? <laughs> uh, so on the 8th, it'll be a Tuesday show. On the 15th, yeah, it'll be a Tuesday show. And then the following week, the 21st, assuming we have not been attached to 90 helium balloons and floated away, (laughs) we will get back on to our Monday-Wednesday schedule. But we'll tell you on Tuesday the 8th and Tuesday the 15th what our second shows of the week will be at that time.
0: Perfect. Good deal. All right. Have a good weekend, everybody.